Hi. Can you hear me? How are you? Hi, Tony. Okay. How are you? Excellent. How are you? Hello. Very good. Um, very good. This is our first space it... here in Lovis Bitcoin. So we are like. Um, yeah, it's my first one too. I mean, as a speak, as a, I've spoken on one a long time ago, but like actually co-host one, I have no idea how to co-host these things. I have to learn this now. <laughs> we'll learn to get together. Yeah, of course, it'll be fun. <laughs> okay, so I want to introduce you and uh, to our community, and um, I, I, you're like a, a cybersecurity expert and a Bitcoin educator. Uh, as, I, as I know, you, you are part of the Bitcoin Way project. So Correct. we would like to, to hear more about it. And we hope to, to start getting questions for, from our audience so that maybe you can help and teach us all <laughs> something new about this wonderful space. Yeah, okay, sure. I mean, the conversation will be more like on a on a general like level. I don't think we're going to get into very like deep technicals on this call because that would require, you know, like a more one-to-one uh, -one, um, environment for this. But I mean, we can definitely discuss like the pros of cons and cons of for certain approaches with regards to self-custody. That's perfect. Um, so uh, would you like to... I mean, like, let, let's start with the basics. So maybe if you could tell me, like, how would you tell a newbie, a newbie <laughs> how to secure uh, his first sats? What, what should uh, he start, start looking up to? Okay, are we actually starting now? This is, we we're, we're starting now, right? Yes, let's do this. <laughs> okay, all right, great. Well, a newbie, I mean... Uh, well, I'll, I'll, I'll start by describing how we, we approach this, you know, like, I mean, the Bitcoin way, what we do here is that we offer a very comprehensive set of services around the Bitcoin ecosystem. Okay. I mean, we're here to fast track the onboarding of individuals and businesses into the space properly into self-custody. And by that, I mean, like we handle like a lot of things that most people find intimidating. Most newbies find intimidating and like the, from cold wallets, nodes, um, how do you purchase no KYC Bitcoin? What about inheritance planning? How do I accept Bitcoin payments into my business? All of these things are fundamentals that we cover a lot, at least in the beginning phase of every individual's journey into Bitcoin, because they come in and they're not really sure. Some of them are even intimidated to even admit that they don't know anything, which is why they stay away. And so we're trying to remove the reasons for intimidations by letting them know that this is a safe space. You know, there are no stupid questions at the Bitcoin way and we will guide you, you know, from beginning to end. If you don't want to do the technical aspects of what's required, that's okay. You don't have to, if I'm working with you, I will do it for you with you, obviously interactively. So it's a, it's a learning experience for you as well. And by the time we're done, you like, you're completely bulletproof and airtight with, you know, what we've accomplished and you will be comfortable or very close to being 100% comfortable to using it. I mean, the end objective here is to make sure you interact with Bitcoin as seamlessly as you do a credit card. You know, how to send, how to receive, and all that stuff. The only difference <clears throat> that you, an individual, have to get used to and accept 
is that now the onus of responsibility is on them. There's no bank, there's no third party, there's no nothing to, to save you. I mean, if you if something goes wrong the, and the money is gone, it's gone. There's no refund button, there's no uh, manager to complain to. It's, it's, it's end of the story. So we take a lot of uh, measures and precautions to prevent this. Okay, and I mean, which measures and pre- which measures and precautions do we take? Well, that depends on every individual. There are no copy paste solutions that you know we deploy. We we start we start the journey by having a conversation with everyone, and depending on the individual, you know, in question, we'll formulate something that balances both security and practicality. Um, in a way that makes sense for the individual, because if they're not a technical person, well, you know, co- overcomplicating something, even though technically, yes, it is much more secure, is not the way to go, because they're not going to understand anything. They're likely to make a mistake somewhere along the way, and the result could be, you know, a very, very bad day, which is what we want to avoid at all costs. So this is what we do at the Bitcoin way, and we are trying to raise a lot of awareness to bring awareness to the fact that this type of service does exist because we believe that there's a massive demand for it, even though most folks may not realize it now. Um, not everyone wants to watch a YouTube video for hours and on end and attempt, you know, practicing trial and error. Um, most people don't have the patience for this, and that's understandable because Bitcoin is IT. If you don't like IT to begin with, well, you know, watching a YouTube video, no matter how well it's made, is not going to incentivize you, you know, any further. So having someone that you can come to, someone that you can trust, someone that you can feel comfortable asking all your questions to, do the work for you and you learn along the way and always know that if you forget something, you can always message, call back, get into a, like a private chat group with that individual in order to, you know, relieve your anxiety, answer your questions. Well, that's available. This is what we do. This is what, this is what I'm here for. And this is, you know, my objective, you know, on, you know, in this mission to help people. I hope that makes sense. Yes, that's amazing. That's, that feels so natural for me, like the way you're, you're approaching this. Um, in my case, I actually had a lot of help uh, learning about Bitcoin because of my family. So I, I believe it's like a more natural uh, way to embrace this difficulty because self-sovereignty is amazing, but it, it really can be something that uh, can scare people. So um, I, I really think you're, you're doing a great job. Yeah, thank you. I mean, I mean, self-custody is definitely a new concept, okay? And a lot of people make it seem a lot bigger than it actually is because of the technical aspects. It's not hard. No one is too stupid to learn how to do self-custody. Um, there's a lot of ongoing marketing efforts, you know, that uh, try to mimic, you know, the convenience of the traditional system into Bitcoin, And these are, you know, these are services that I'm not a big fan of because they're not really, you know, abiding by what Bitcoin was created for. Um, They are trying to sell the convenience of the traditional financial system under the assumption that most people are just going to come towards it 
because that's what they do. People are lazy. They want somebody else to take the responsibility. But if you've been following global events for the last few years, it's very obvious that trusting anyone, especially with your money, is a suicide move. Because even if the intentions of you know, third parties are good, bad things happen all the time that, are, that may not be in the control of those parties involved. So the more people you involve in your formula to secure your funds, well, then, you know, the, the higher the number of attack vectors that you have to deal with. So you have to be very careful with the approach that you take to securing your Bitcoin. You know, like cybersecurity, there's no, you know, off the shelf solution for it. You know, no matter what anyone tells you, that's not true. The best form of security is the one I always, you know, I always advocate. The best form of security is the one no one knows about. You know, if you're chasing a ghost, you don't know where to look. So your security model needs to be one that's not popular. And this is what I help individuals with, okay? If everybody, you know, uh, had a solution that they could just, you know, buy for $19.99 and everybody applied it, well, then, you know, that becomes like brain dead easy to exploit, eventually find a, find a workaround and uh, take advantage of it. That's not security. And that's a absolutely yeah, and that's a very important you know, like thing to thing to keep in mind for anyone getting into Bitcoin that has one accepted the fact that now the new we're in a new era now we're in the we're you know obviously we're living in the tech age, but more specifically now we are becoming our own banks. So this bank needs to be guarded with your life. Okay, you can't, you can't be lazy with it. You can't take shortcuts about it. And more importantly, you need to keep it relevant. And by relevant, I mean up to date. Bitcoin is a progressing technology. So, you know, every once in a while, there's going to be new, new things coming out all the time. From a security standpoint, it's not, you know, it's not advice to just jump in, you know, head first without thinking, obviously. At the Bitcoin, we test a lot of things, you know, like we test hardware, we test software. And based on, you know, a very strict series of tests and the results that we, you know, we get from these tests, we put together lists of recommendations. And these are the recommendations that, you know, we put out to every individual that reaches out for help. We don't sell anything. Okay, like, I mean, we don't sell any hardware, we don't sell any software. So we have no financial incentive to align ourselves with anyone. Okay, we are a pure knowledge-based service here. And our function is to deliver the truth. Whether people like it or not, it doesn't matter. We follow the Bitcoin ethos, we stick to the Bitcoin white paper. If it doesn't suit the business model of some projects, that's too bad. Because at the end of the day, Bitcoin was created for the people. And we are here to ensure that every individual is as secure as they can possibly get. Okay, so if today there's a list of, let's say, four or five hardware wallets or four or five nodes that are exceptionally good, then we recommend them. If at any point in time, anyone at this project breaks the rules, 
we disqualify them instantly and we notify everyone that you know we know is using them we give them a heads up so for example what do i mean by this we're using cold wallet or node x for example not to name any names and then one day we discover that you know node x the the, the people behind node x well all of a sudden decided to engage in censorship or perhaps collaborate with chain analysis or do something stupid like that. Well, then we automatically disqualify them from all of our recommendations because we do not believe in anything that sways from the Bitcoin ethos. We either do it properly as intended, as it was created, or just stay in fiat. You know, you can't... uh, there's, we're not going to compromise in order to, to satisfy, you know, like uh, the, the, a system that Bitcoin was designed to replace. So that's, you know, that's a very important thing that we're very keen on. That's amazing. Not, not everybody thinks, uh, I mean, it's like um, doing uh, it so well, you know, like as keeping the ethos alive in in their work and and I think that that's really something special that you're doing and you got me wondering um, because I think that the current the, the current system wants us to be super lazy and scared because they have trained people to be this way to benefit from this so we have to untrain people in this new era of Bitcoin and break this myth that it's super complicated and that only tech people can do it. Yes, absolutely. It does require to get into Bitcoin properly and to actually stay in Bitcoin, which is, you know, what you want to do. If you're coming into Bitcoin to make a fiat profit, you're going to get destroyed at some point because no one is able to control Bitcoin, you know, Bitcoin's volatility, at least at this point in time, um, they will not be able to control it. So anyone going into Bitcoin thinking that they're going to make fiat profits, one is going into it for the wrong reasons. And two, there's a very strong likelihood that they they will end up with less than what they started with. So part of the education is to really understand money. And that requires, you know, it requires hours of dedication first of all to want to understand why you need to unlearn the lies that you've been told for decades and decades on end and you know once you get to that stage then absorbing you know the real information the true information becomes easier because you don't need convincing you're already open to receiving that information so somebody somebody who's doing bitcoin education is not here to sell you anything at least, you know, if they're doing it from the, the mindset that we're coming from. Like when we talk to individuals, we're not selling anything. I'm not selling you Bitcoin. I'm not selling you a product. I'm not selling you anything. I am educating you to hopefully make you understand why Bitcoin is a big deal. You know, like the famous phrase, it's Bitcoin or slavery. It literally is Bitcoin or slavery. And once that truly resonates with you like once it clicks as to why this is why this is true 
then that's it. You know, like it will, it'll be very hard for it to unclick. This is why those that have been in Bitcoin for the longest time, they, nothing will sway them. And the more you, you watch things pro- get progressively worse worldwide, the more it solidifies and deepens your, your, uh, your trust into and, and hope, obviously, into, into this creation that we've never seen before. Okay, I mean, the world has never known anything like Bitcoin. Something that cannot be manipulated, controlled, whatever you want to call it, by a human being. It's never existed. So wrapping your head around that on its own, yes, is a big deal. You know, and a lot of people are going to struggle with it, unfortunately, because, you know, of the, you know, the predominant mindset, oh, it's too good to be true. Somehow a government's going to come and screw it up. You know, like it's not going to last. Something's going to break. It's going to get hacked. You know, like all the FUD that comes along. And I can tell you from a tech perspective, all of these things would have been true in the very, very early days of Bitcoin. Okay. Like, I mean, when Bitcoin was first created in 2008, 2009, had had people been paying real attention to it back then and really wanted to blow it up, technically they probably would have because we have not reached a level of decentralization and security that we're at now. Okay, luckily, I mean, obviously, I think, I think luck had a lot to do with it, that it went under the radar that most dangerous actors um, didn't take it too seriously. They laughed at it. They ignored it. You know, they're like, whatever, this stupid thing, you know, it's, it's a fad. It's for geeks and nerds. It's going to pass. And so, you know, TikTok, you know, 14, 15 years later, here we are. The Bitcoin blockchain decentralized as all hell, spread out all over the globe, um, like secure like it's never been before and every 10 minutes it gets exponentially stronger to the point where there's no nation state that's able to take it out on its own it's not just not going to happen and the more they try the more money they're going to burn and at some point they will realize that all this effort is for nothing that they would have actually made some bitcoin had they spent that these funds you know not attacking it and trying you know to do something as retarded as that and this is the type of you know but these these facts i mean the general public has no idea about i mean for them bitcoin is just this thing you know that's out there used you know by internet money maybe by a certain you know certain cult of people perhaps it's like it's a religious following we get called all sorts all sorts of things but at some point, those that are living in like a fi- the financially privileged parts of the world, you know, their turn is coming. So as long as you don't see that yourself, many people will have a hard time, you know, believing it or taking action. I got into Bitcoin like over five years ago because I saw what the fiat destruction does. Okay, I mean, I I witnessed firsthand what happened in Lebanon when everything, you know, went to hell. All right. I mean, you had people literally go to bed from one day to the next bankrupt. And I'm not talking about just general folks. I'm talking about people that are considered, you know, 
extremely wealthy people, individuals with you know tens, hundreds of millions of dollars, extremely powerful, wealthy people, but normal people. Okay, no no one associated with the with the crooks in power, just regular people. They went to bed one night, they woke up the next day, boom, gone. So. Some might argue, okay, but Lebanon, you know, it's like a shithole. You know, it's been a war zone for 30 years, blah, blah, blah. That's irrelevant because fundamentally the problem is a fiat problem, okay? And a fiat problem is, is a problem for every city of every country. They print it to oblivion. It's manipulated by crooks. You have no control over it. It lasted for as long as it lasted because... You know, like the, the, the problem wasn't big enough yet. But now we've reached like towards the end of the lifeline where things have gotten exponentially worse, exponentially faster. So it's only a question of time before the uh, pain that was witnessed, the hyperinflation that blew up in Venezuela and Argentina and Lebanon starts to manifest itself in other cities, slowly but surely. It's coming. I'm 100% convinced of it. It's not a question of if, it's just a question of when. But to try to tell people, warn people about this, that don't see it right away. I mean, when people get up, you know, go on about their day, you know, the sun is shining, you can have your coffee, you get together with your friends, you have your drinks, life's good, you know. You're not going to think about these things. Until you have to think about these things. And that's exactly what happened to the folks in these countries. Them too, they were out partying the night before and going to work and thinking life's good. And then they woke up the next day and the credit cards weren't working. All right, so let's call the bank, see what happened. Well, then there's no answer at the bank. You know, well, okay, well, we'll, give it, we'll give it some time. It'll resolve itself. Fast forward three years later. If you had a million dollars US in a bank in Lebanon... You're now worth two, three hundred bucks. Congratulations. You are now bankrupt. So the psychological destruction that this does on a human being is not something I would wish on my worst enemy. Because you cannot, um, you cannot uh, pre-tell how it's going to manifest. But I can tell you it's very, very dark. And this is something, this is the warning that more people need to be aware of because you're not immune. The U.S. dollar may be the global reserve now, okay, the last cockroach to fall. But it's going to fall. I mean, if they're printing trillions of dollars, you know, at the rate that they're printing it, it's a mathematical certainty. It doesn't take rocket science. And more people need to be aware of this and stop thinking of this as some sort of conspiracy theory. Because it's not. So, you know. Yeah. How, how do you think we could, like, um, I, I'm afraid of the of normies because people who have heard of Bitcoin and it's getting interested, I think they, w they will get there. But how, how would one uh, approach the regular people who is, like, They, they never believe this will happen to them. Like everyone hears the stories of uh, Lebanon, Venezuela, Argentina, but you never think it's going to happen in your own country, you know? Yes, but I mean, 
it's starting to happen now because, like I said, things are getting progressively worse. If you look for the last just two, three years, okay, when the whole world was locked down, okay, I mean, at some point, you know, a normal person is going to start questioning how that's even possible considering all the facts that came out now that validate that the whole thing was a coordinated attack on humanity, okay? So these things, you know, slowly but surely, even the most resistant human being at some point is going to encounter something that screws them. And when that happens, they're going to react. And the way things are progressing, I don't think it's going to take that long for these things to happen. I mean, let me ask you this. If you went to bed today and you woke up tomorrow and your bank account, they told you was frozen for technical reasons for whatever period of time, what would you do? Like, what would you think? No, that's a nightmare. Okay. All right. (laughs) Bank accounts are supposedly insured, right? Up to a certain amount. But did you know that the insurance companies insuring these banks, what if they go bankrupt? Have you ever considered that? Because this is what's happening. So if the the company that's insuring your bank account up to 100,000, 250,000, whatever it is, depending where you are on the road, if they go out of business, so what happens to you? What happens to your money that's supposedly insured? Who's going to pay for it? Right? It's really frightening. Okay, yeah. All yeah. right. Well, these are the scenarios that nobody talks about. These are the scenarios that the mainstream media avoids at all costs. Okay. And the but but this is the information that the general public needs to be aware of. Because you know, when your turn comes, <laughs> you're going to go through that storm. So how do you protect against it? Traditionally, you had no option because anything physical can be either manipulated or taken away from you. This is why this Bitcoin is such a big deal because it's never existed in the history of mankind that there's this asset that nobody can control, that it's completely permissionless, trustless. And this is why, ultimately, at some point, this will end up being the standard. Because human nature is what it is. Nobody trusts each other. You think governments trust one another? They're going to try to hold on to whatever power they can. At some point, they're all going to fail. So they're going to have to decide on something. So are they going to decide... On a, on a commodity or an asset or something that they know another country has more of? Of course not. Either they're going to kill each other to try to, you know, uh, fight who's going to get more, or they're going to, you know, it's going to be an, like an eternal conflict until they finally realize, well, hold on a second. There's this thing now that nobody can control no matter how much of it they own. That makes sense, right? This is why I think ultimately all these countries, and I'm sure a lot of them are already doing it without you know, saying a single word, they're all hoarding it or all accumulating it. Because you know, as in, if not for the immediate use, like in the immediate short term, as an insurance policy, 
that if all other things fail, we have this. Because like I said, it all comes down to trust. And since none of them trust each other, you know, the only thing they will agree on is something that, excuse me, that they know the other one can't screw around with. And since the, and since the, the supply of Bitcoin is finite, the scarcity of the asset becomes much more apparent at that, at that, you know, at that point in time. And those that have it are holding it. Well, you know, that's where that whole generational wealth comes in and all that stuff. But Bitcoin is, is about way more than this. I mean, the, the becoming rich part, at least, you know, as far as we're concerned, that's like a, that's like a, it's a side effect that's like the last on, on your list. The way the world is headed now, I believe we're under assault. We're being attacked. I mean, the, like uh, human beings, the general public is under attack. Your sovereignty, your freedom is all under attack. I mean, if you don't realize this by now, I mean, you, you've, you've got serious problems. Because either you fall into the camp that you don't care, I'm happy living my life dictated by someone, okay? You know, and some people are going to be happy like this. It is what it is. But there's a lot more people that are not going to accept this. I know I won't. Can you imagine spending all your life working, right? You're an honest human being. You're working day and night. Life savings in a bank account. Planning for the future. You want a family. You have kids. None of your money is under your control. Some asshole wakes up one day and decides you're a terrorist or you're doing something now that's illegal. Boom. Lock your account, funds gone. What do you do? How do you accept, you know, spend like putting all your time and energy into something that one is debasing at an alarming rate, but more importantly, that's not in your control. That's in the control of someone that absolutely hates you. You know, that's, I mean... Yeah. So if you think about it just along these lines, you know, a lot of, I think a lot more people might start becoming more receptive as to why Bitcoin was created. Bitcoin was literally created to to save you. Because if you have no if you have no money, money Bitcoin is about money. So every human being on the planet needs it. It's not an option. It's not a luxury item. You're not buying a table, a chair, a car. You absolutely need money to survive. Without it, there's nothing you can do. Without money, you are not a free individual. That's for sure. So if you're going to you know, sacrifice your time and energy to be a productive member of society, well, then your reward should be money that is yours, that you 100% own, that nobody can take away from you for any reason. You know, and like a hundred years from now, once, you know, this whole thing becomes, uh, you know, like a a Bitcoin standard, whenever they study history, like let's say a hundred years from now, they're probably going to laugh at us 
as we must be must have been the dumbest fucking race like a human species to use money that somebody else was manipulating and, and dictating what you can and cannot do with you know like i mean it's that big of a deal but because you've been brainwashed because we've been fed all these conveniences you know throughout these decades and decades you know most people don't think most people don't read most people this space was downloaded via spacesdown.com visit to download your spaces today you know they they take the the, the path of least resistance which is the lazy road and self custody is definitely not part of the lazy road self custody requires you to sit down learn and apply and you know make sure you stay relevant it's an effort it's you know it's uh, it's, it's it's work you have to do the work proof of work you know also applies to the discipline required to protect your money because if you don't do it they're going to take it away from you it's that simple you either go through door a self custody and sovereignty or door b slavery pick which one which one suits your lifestyle more and you know how they're going to do it how they're going to do it i mean anything is possible but here's my theory this is what i think was going to happen and i don't know if i've mentioned this to you before but this is what i think is going to happen there's going to be an event some sort of you know retarded event some sort of cyber attack you know some something as insane as that where all your accounts are closed or unaccessible for whatever a certain period of time the, the, the you know the, the mainstream media is going to announce that oh my god you know it was a bad terrorist attack blah 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 oh the whole shebang and then all of a sudden you know people there's, they're going to leave it like this for a little while so that you really stress out you know maybe one two three days maybe a week you know where where the panic really sets in people have no money they're hungry they want to eat you know the, the 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 civil the civil unrest starts starts to boil a bit and then all of a sudden they're going to tell you you know what we found the fix we found the fix we're able to make everybody whole but you know we're going to take your savings we're not going to give it to you in euros or dollars anymore we're going to give it to you as this and this being the central bank digital currency so most people un- most unaware people oh my god thank goodness you know my money is there i'm not going to lose anything right on the surface you know the saviors came you know to to help the people but if you know anything about a central bank digital currency you know that your life as you know it as a free person is over because a central bank digital currency is all the tyranny of fiat on steroids if i'm controlling a central bank digital currency i don't like you for whatever reason i'll turn your money off i don't even have to see you I don't even have to talk to you. I don't even have to notify you. I hit one button on my keyboard, you're done. You don't think it's going to happen? It's happening already. Go look at China. Yeah, and not so far even. I I've heard stories that it's happening also in other countries and people are getting their accounts frozen, not just in this collaboration between, I don't know, banks and government and they're really struggling and this is people with uh, connections that are getting uh, no bank access so they can't access their accounts and the money is being frozen and it it really sounds terrifying 
but it's getting real. It's very real. It's happened happened a few years ago in Canada. You know, innocent people got their bank accounts illegally frozen, illegally frozen. So if governments are not following the law, then what's the point of having them? Are they decorative? If the government is not following the law, if they're coming up with their own rules, you know, to justify whatever it is that they want to do. So then if they can do it, why can't everybody else do it? Let's have a free for all. What kind of, you know, chaos would that result in? You know, I mean, because that's exactly what happened. Everything that happened was illegal. Not, none of it was in the law. But it still happened. It's crazy when you think that the law applies only for some people, not for everybody. Well, here's, here's the thing, because traditionally, freedom, freedom in, in, in the historical sense, if you think of it that way, can only pr- be protected in one way, at least historically. And that way is through violence. There's no other way. So when the governments own the armies and the police and all that, like, what are you going to do? Or at least that's what most people think. But, you know, when things get bad enough, historically, governments have been toppled over by, by extremely violent civil, civil unrest in many countries. It's nothing new. Just, you know, read a few history books. You, you, it's all there. So, you know, like, I mean, now we have a way to defund this corruption, Okay, I mean, how, how, how does all this tyranny actually exist? Well, if you have access to a money printer, well, you know, you need money to do whatever you want. Okay, just print it, no problem. So you print, and you can fund wars, you can fund attacks, you can fund, you can fund whatever you want, sky's the limit. But unfortunately, that club doesn't belong to the general public. It belongs to like 1% of the population. So if you're not part of that club and you're not, well, then you're at the other end of that stick. You're at the receiving end. Okay, so as long as you're using that product, the product, the fiat currency, unfortunately, you're stuck in a system that is, is, is playing by rules that are not made by you. And, it, and, and for sure, they're not made for you. They are made to keep you stuck in a system that's controlled by somebody else for the benefit of somebody else. But now you have Bitcoin, the only exit out of that system. So you don't want to play by these rules. You have an exit, but you have to take it. No one's going to like put you on that path. You have to want to opt out. If you don't like the way the world is headed, so leave, opt out. Not 100%, like no one's saying it's a light switch. That's insane. But at least start taking steps to opt out. Because, you know, like, I mean, what else are you going to do? Physical assets, at least the way I see them now, can be taken away from you unless you have an army to protect it. Okay, and then it comes down to which army is bigger. So some folks come here yeah, with the argument about, you know, the whole in, you know, safeguarding in real estate, safeguarding in gold and all that stuff. Traditionally, yes. Those were valid options because that's, that's all we had. It's not like because they were like the perfect solution. No, far from it. But that's all we had. There was nothing else. 
You know, like certain, there were certain things that, yes, performed better than the rate of inflation and all that. Fine. But we're not living in the same times anymore. We're living in very different times now. When things get extremely bad, extreme things can happen and will happen. So if you've got five apart, apartment buildings, you think you're good to go. Your money's safe, right? Five apartment buildings, I'm solid. A group of five guys come up to you with guns and tell you, get, get out. What are you going to tell them? You're going to argue that legally they belong to you because a piece of paper has your name on it. They're going to give you 10 seconds to leave. Otherwise, you know, it's a different ending to that story. That's, you don't think something like this would happen? It's, it's happened before. I know it's happened before because it's happened to my parents. So these things are not in the movies only. These things, it's real life. When things get bad enough, you have to expect all sorts of insanity. And you need to protect yourself against this. Bitcoin is the peaceful revolution. It's an option to opt out of the money into something that's pure, that's trustless, permissionless, that you, you know, verifiably open source. You can see everything about it's a transparent, it's transparent, it's all there. And that you know for sure that whatever you own in Bitcoin is yours. And it's, a dep- it's, an, it's an appreciating asset, not a depreciating one. No one's going to print it to oblivion. Maximum supply is 21 million. Realistically, there's less than 21 million. With all those that have been already lost, I don't know, I think maybe we're like around 16, 16, 17 million. Who knows? Something around there, which adds even more to the scarcity of the asset. So what's the best way to protect this? The Bitcoin was designed to be held in self-custody. But yes, that means you, the individual, are 100% responsible for it. So how do, you, how do you become responsible for it? It's very easy. You sit down and you learn how to become responsible for it. Is it hard? No, it's not hard. Is it new? Yes, it's new. But you drive a car every day. You weren't born a driver. You learned how to drive. You know, when, when mothers give birth, that's like exponentially harder than self-custody, but they still do it, right? Nobody, nobody's afraid of it. They still do it. And now we have, there, there are resources to teach you self-custody properly. And this is what we're doing at the Bitcoin way. I mean, we're removing, literally, if you don't want to do any of the technical work, you, 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 you don't have to. I will do it all for you. And I will explain it to you every step of the way as we do it. This way, by the end of the session, you're like, that wasn't so bad. And I'm like, yeah, I, I know it's not so bad. Yeah. It's to lose the fear. Yes. I think. The fear of the unknown. That's a common fear. That's, that's, that's expected. That's fine. But we talk plain English, okay? Like when, I, when I'm consulting with an individual, a one-to-one consult, I'm not talking in technical terms. Like, I'm, like if I were to work with you, for example, I would talk to you like a five-year-old. 
just to make sure that you understand every single word that's coming out of my mouth so that you are solidified in the education that I'm giving, like I'm trying to, you know, communicate to you because I need you to walk away knowing that one, your funds are safe, but two, you know how to use them. If you have questions, obviously you can always reach out whenever you want. That's not the problem. But for the, ju- for the most part, you're autonomous, you're sovereign, you're private. And to achieve full sovereignty and, and, and privacy, at the base layer, you need two things. You need a cold wallet set up, you know, ultra secure. We default to air-gapped um, configurations where your device never goes online. And you need a Bitcoin node. Many people skip the node. They shouldn't skip the node. Because without the node, you are not 100% sovereign or private. Because without the node, you're leaving trails of everything you own, everything you buy, everything you sell on public servers, on somebody else's node. You may not think it's a big deal now because whatever, Bitcoin's 26 grand. When Bitcoin becomes worth hundreds and billions of dollars, trust me, you're going to care. And you're going to wish you had a node where everything about your life, money-wise, Bitcoin-wise, is as private and invisible as possible. So you don't want to wait until the panic sets in. You want to be set up now when no one's paying attention so that when the panic sets in, you're still sleeping like a baby. Absolutely. You know? And I'm also, I'm also thinking about this generational wealth. Like, you have to be thinking ahead. Like, this is not just for you. This is something that's going to last many, many years after we are all gone. So, um, do you also, like, uh, teach... Uh, this this kind of of stuff yes absolutely we we help individuals put together inheritance plans and again these inheritance plans um they're all customized there's nothing there's nothing off the shelf in the way we approach these things we'll sit down with each one you know get to know them a little more ask questions if obviously the individuals involved in the inheritance plan everyone usually you know is ideally should be present because it's also an educational session for all parties involved. And based on, you know, how well we get to know each other, we will put together a plan that is bulletproof, but that's also usable, which is even more important than the bulletproof part, because you need to know how to use it. You need to know how to access it. And it's going to be unique to you. Sure, maybe there's like some commonality with, you know, someone else, but there's going to be, certain nuances, enough nuances that no one's going to be able to copy-paste a, a setup. Like, for example, like if I've, if I've set up a plan for individual A, you know, he's not going to be able to take his plan and apply it to you, for example, if he had bad intentions. Because there's going to be something about your setup that's missing in his setup, which completely nullifies any bad intentions from, from his end. And and these details, like, I mean, we, we think about all of these things all the time in all aspects of all consults, okay? I mean, this is where the, 
the 25 years of cybersecurity and encryption, like I bring a lot of that stuff into this space. So there's a lot of details that perhaps I just think about instinctively that others may not simply because they don't come from that type of background and that type of experience. You know, and fundamentally, again, like I said, the best security is the one that no one knows about. It doesn't need to be super complex. It needs to be something that only you know, or a very, very small number of people in your absolute trusted circle that know it. That's how you, you know, that's how you protect your wealth. This is how you protect what's supposed to be the most important thing in your life, your money. Because like I said, if it's gone, it's gone. There's no bringing it back unless somebody gives you a donation. But, you know, to call someone to get it back, that's not going to happen. And that's a good thing, in my opinion, because it forces you to become a better human being, a more disciplined human being with the things that matter. Yes, to take responsibility. Yes. At the end. Of course. I, Tony, I was wondering if someone of the people who are here with us listening wanted to ask you a question or if they want to comment on when we're, what we're talking. Yeah, I, I made the invitations for anyone who would like to speak. And you can interrupt us whenever. <laughs> we are just chatting and getting to know each other better and talking about this uh, thing that we are all passionate about. Yeah, absolutely. Blast away. I'll, I'll, I'll tune in a little bit more in about 15 minutes. Um, I'm just at work still. I'm about to be on lunch in a little bit. Um, but I guess just to even add to that, to what you were saying earlier about, like, you have five properties and somebody came to you with a, with a gun and let's say on the other hand you had your your keys um, or you, you had your own Bitcoin. The, the difference is too that like I guess with that house you that, that house at the end of the day it, it will be taken from you. It can be taken from you. It's, it's even if you buy the house in, in some country somewhere you know if you make the, if you make the wrong person mad, he will come in and, and take your house from you and, and take everything else from you. And then your keys, on the other hand, if somebody came up to you and threatened you for that, technically you can go down with your keys and those keys will actually be lost forever. And again, like it's the idea, like nobody can take that from you. It's the only thing um, on this planet that nobody can really take it from you, especially if you don't give it to them. But I'll, I'll join in more in about 10 minutes, but I just wanted to add that to, to that point that you were saying earlier. Yeah, absolutely. It's a, it's a very valid point. And it's one that not many people think about, you know, in that light. Because, again, it's under the, you know, the false assumption that this will never happen to me because I live here and not there. You know, like, yes, okay, fine. That may be true now. But, you know, when things go bad, they go bad really fast. And by the time you, you realize that, you know, you may not be in a position to, to, save, to save yourself. That's the problem. Okay. So in the same way that people, smart people, accumulate during a bear market, smart people will also take measures to protect themselves when things are still stable. 
you know so you don't want to wait until you know all hell breaks loose to panic and try to find the fix you know that's where your hastiness is going to lead to many accidents many mistakes and you know not likely not the outcome that you that you were looking for so yeah that that's very that's very important and i mean with with self custody there's also many ways to protect yourself a lot of questions i get asked for example okay so how do i protect my my keys you know like, how do i do it do i i have a seat plate am i good yeah i think i'm good all right okay fine you have a seat plate yeah i mean technically the seat plate's fantastic most of them do the work that you know they were designed to do they will protect against fire water you know and all that stuff it's great but at the end of the day it's still a physical item right so depending on your where you are where you live you know your risk situation is that physical item safe have you secured it somewhere that no one can find have you secured it somewhere that no one can steal right i mean you have to ask these questions so all of these details you know like we try to formulate a plan that you know that diversify that diversifies the the, the security aspects of self custody while minimizing um you know like uh, single risks while keeping it all usable Some people don't like the digital aspect of saving keys digitally. And I I understand why. But you know, done properly, done, you know, done with like best practices, you know, uh, implemented in place, something digital is a lot more usable than something physical. I mean, with something digital that's encrypted, for example, and set up properly in, you know, in a, in a, in a specific way, you can transport, you can even remove Like for example, I mean if you have some sensitive information on your phone, you can delete it. Travel from point A to point B, you know, where you think you're going to be possibly, you know, uh, harassed for that information or possibly, you know, coerced to give it up or remove it. And then when you arrive at your destination, just restore it. You can't do this with a physical item, not as easily anyhow, unless that physical item is hidden in a way that's so inconspicuous that it goes unnoticed. but most people will not put that much thought into this which is why um accidents usually tend to happen you know does that does that make sense yes yes i think um but it's really hard you got me wondering like what what would be the best approach like I I was trusting so much in the in the metal uh, plate. Um, no. Well, the best approach is one, I mean, I mean right now we can't really get into it because it's really personalized to you. But I'm just speaking generally. The metal plate itself is a fantastic product. There's no denying it. I mean, there's a lot of amazing companies, you know, with a really amazing product. That's not the that's not the problem. The problem is after you get through that whole amazing product that you have it's on you to protect it the companies who sold it to you their job is done they gave you a product that does what it's designed to do 
Now you have to protect that product. So do you have a plan in place to do so? If you're hesitating, then your answer is no. There is no perfect solution, okay? Let me just put it this way. There's no 100% bulletproof solution. It doesn't exist. But what there is, is, is making something that's unique, that's, that's unique to you that cannot be like a found or, or guessed. Does that make sense? Yes. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And this is the type of thing that we work on, like we work with individuals to get to. Get to so that at the end of the day, they have a personalized security model that's unique to them, not something that's a copy-paste answer that you can find on the internet somewhere. That doesn't work because anybody can Google, you know? So you have to be... Security and creativity, they go hand in hand. So you have to think outside the box sometimes to apply security, security protocols that are actually effective. Hi, Tony. Uh, thank you so much for the lecture. Can you hear me? Yes, absolutely. Yes. I have a question for you since you're in cybersecurity. Uh, is there a way where somebody can hack uh, hardware wallet without exposing their seed words? Like, is there any other way where somebody can hack it? This is my question. You mentioned something about air-gapped uh, hardware wallets. So let's say if you have a wallet that connects to through a USB port, for example, is there a way that somebody could hack that wallet without you exposing the seed words? Yes, absolutely there is. Um, when you can, when you connect a device to your computer, your computer needs to be airtight as well. Eh? I mean, all the elements around your Bitcoin they matter. So, right. what do I mean? What do I mean by this? Your Bitcoin, your Bitcoin ecosystem. It's not just your wallet and your node because you need a computer to interface right. with all that stuff, right? If your computer is compromised, then even if you have the best security measures implemented on your cold wallet and you connected it to that computer you're done but okay. the phrase is on the hardware wallet itself right so it doesn't it doesn't go online that's what i know it's it's in cold storage so basically uh, how well, would they have well first of all it depends on your cold wallet depends if there's a you know if, if there's a weakness in the firmware of that cold wallet depending on the model i mean there's many Many nuances, many circumstances, many, many, many things that can come into play here. If you save your seed phrase, for example, on your computer, some, somewhere, even somewhere secure on your computer, but right. your computer itself is compromised, well, then, right. you know, then all of that security is for nothing. Right. And, right. and he, yeah, and, and here's one thing that has been coming up a lot. I've been discussing with people that most most are really unaware of. When you buy cables for your computer, where do you buy them from? Right, right. Okay. So <clears throat> did you know that there, were, there are, for example, USB cables that are visually indistinguishable from original cables? But these, but these cables contain, contain um, malicious software 
like a, a remote web server inside of them that'll take complete control of the machine that it's plugged into. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's inclu- that includes microphone, that includes camera, that includes key loggers, everything. So right. if, I, if somebody sells you a USB cable, looks exactly like your Apple or Android one, doesn't matter. You take it and you plug it into your computer and that, and that cable itself is infected. Whoever is behind that cable has full control over your, over your system and you will have no idea because it'll function as a USB cable. It'll do everything the USB cable was designed to do. So you will have absolutely zero idea that you're infected. That's very scary. Yeah, well, it's very true. It's very real. And this right. is what's happening. So we go as far as you know, consulting on these things for those that believe that their risk model warrants it. Mm-hmm. All right? So this is where... The differences in applying, you know, certain cybersecurity measures becomes valuable. And what's your net, yeah, like what's your net worth worth to you? Mm-hmm. It does it does it? Do you care, or do you not care? If you care, you will take these extra steps to make sure that you are as safe as possible. There's nothing 100, percent but you can minimize the risk considerably by do, making your due diligence properly right and uh, another question for you let's say you had two options where you can actually distribute your net worth through different hardware wallets or use for example a multi-sig solution which mm-hmm. one would you choose well that depends again the multi-sig are you the sole owner of these yes okay are you having are you storing them in the same location or at different locations? Different locations. Okay. Do you have full control over these locations at all times? Yes, 100%. Okay. Well, then in that case, the security model is obviously a better one than being in one place. Assuming you don't lose access to any, you know, one of these other places or they don't get compromised in any other way, in, in some way, shape or form. Right. But keep in mind, if you are, if you are going down that road, then the coins that you are um, protecting in that setup are not immediately accessible to you. Mm-hmm. So if you like happen to have, I don't know, hypothetically speaking, you're doing the setup, it's super secure, you're very happy, life's good. You get an emergency. You need access to your funds now. How do you do it? Right. Especially, okay, so th- this is the type of scenario. It may not happen, but... As an, as, like, as an advisor, I have to make you aware of the possibility that it could happen. And if it does happen, what's your solution? Do you have one? Right, right. Okay. So these are the type of questions that we go over in every consult. And we spend the time that it's required to get somewhere where you're happy and the security model is good. Right. But more importantly, that you can always apply the proper measures based on that security model that we've customized together. Follow? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, tech, yeah. yeah te- technically, yes, absolutely. Multi-sig is more secure than single-sig. There's no denying that. You know, no one's going to dispute that whatsoever. But... It does add a layer of complexity 
that you need to be aware of. If you're able to, if you're able to deal with it, amazing. If you can't, it's not for you. And I've said it before in some videos that I've posted online that I don't think multisig is a solution for 80 to 90% of the world population. They're going to screw it up. They're going to screw it up somehow, somewhere. Do you think the majority of people are using single or multi? Like, let's say that people who have like a lot of Bitcoin, let's say, are they using a multi-sig solution mainly based on your knowledge? Or it, just... I mean, it's, it's, it's hard to tell. If these are technical people, then probably yes. If these yeah. are people like, like myself, I would use a multi-sig because, right. I mean, I know exactly how to handle it. But here's the thing. I know how to handle it. If I have kids and I'm leaving it to them and they're complete noobs, then it's not the right solution because how are they going to, how are they going to access it afterwards? They'll have no idea what to do. Yeah. Yeah. Unless there's someone that I've, you know, put in position of trust to explain it to them, but then, then he or she becomes the weak link. Yeah. See what I mean? Yeah. 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 Well, thank you for the explanation. That's all from no, my side. No problem, thank you so man. Much. Anytime. My pleasure. Yeah. Are there any other questions you would like to ask Tony? Anyone? Okay. So we we're, we're, have been here for like an hour, so I don't want to keep stealing <laughs> time from you, Tony. But no I want to thank you. And this was really fun. Um, I hope you also enjoyed it. <laughs> Yeah, it was great. It was great to... You know, uh, Tony, uh, sorry, sorry. Uh, just one more question, please. Uh, sure. The last question, and it's going to be a very short one. Which, I don't know if it's suitable for you to say it here, but which, uh, let's say, the top three hardware wallets that you recommend using? Listen, there's a lot, but I'll tell you this. We only work with open source or verifiable source hardware. Anything yeah. outside of this, we don't touch. So okay. uh, there's a lot of them on the market. I mean, if you want to know specifically, you know, like we can get on a one-to-one call. I'll, I'll happily discuss this with you. But there's a lot of options out there. Anything, okay. here's the thing. We only work with open source or verifiable source and Bitcoin only. Okay, Bit- okay. okay. Bitcoin only, and there's a, very, there's a very specific reason why it's Bitcoin only, is because when you start to support many other cryptos on the hardware wallet, your software becomes more susceptible to, uh, to attack vectors because you have to support many more things. Exactly. So when you, stay on, when you focus on Bitcoin only, well, you eliminate that problem. You don't, you don't have to deal with it anymore. Again, yeah. you minimize, you minimize you know, the attack vectors on your most valuable asset, which is always what you want. Right. Yeah. Um, thank you very much. No problem. Tony, is there any any final tip you would like to give us before we, we close this up? Final tip. <laughs> well, you know, it's Bitcoin or slavery. <laughs> it comes down to this. If you have any questions, I mean, you're welcome to. Uh, I'm very active on, on Twitter. You can follow me directly. You know, that's my handle, the D4BTC. There's also obviously the Bitcoin way underscore. That's also um, a very active account. We post a lot of you know, very valuable information on this at, at all times. We, we offer a free 30-minute introduction call to anyone. So if you have any questions at any point in time, you're not sure about whatever it is, um, book a call. costs you nothing. First, first 30 minutes are, are completely free. 
will uh, I'll happily get on a call with you, answer all your questions, you know, concerns and what have you. And if you want to, you know, move forward with a one-to-one thereafter, you know, we'll absolutely arrange it and, you know, proceed forward. The idea here is to protect your funds. But before we get to that stage, you need to, you need to understand why it's important to do this. So, you know, and once it clicks and you will fully understand that the rest becomes easy. That's amazing. So everybody, you know, you have 30 minutes for free with Tony. <laughs> he can answer your questions. And make sure to follow him, to follow us, to follow the Bitcoin way. And we hope to, to get to do this again <laughs> soon. Yeah, absolutely. It's a lot of fun, a lot of knowledge. You know, if you guys have any questions, you know, that we didn't cover now, you know, save it for next time. Or get on a call and we'll, we'll cover it that way. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Tony. All right, guys. Thank you, Tony. Thank you, Tony. No problem, guys. Great talking to all of you. Catch you soon. Bye-bye. Bye.